Good morning, Chavia Churches, and welcome to those joining us from elsewhere as well. I hope everyone is keeping very well. We worship together for this third Sunday after Pentecost. The notices are on the web page, but I, I draw your attention to the fact that this week there'll be no video, um, so only the podcast is available this week. The Yetham History Society are holding an exhibition in the Mission Hall, and that's all this week between 10 to 4. Articles for the, the summer edition of the Cheviot should be in by Saturday, the 26th of June. So please get writing. And also on the 26th of June, the gardens at Corbett Tower will be open to the public. So Bridget and Simon are, are opening the gardens. There'll be an entry fee of £5 and tea will be served. And, and finally, the moderator, Jim Wallace, is encouraging everyone to give thanks for being vaccinated and by giving to the Christian Aid Give Thanks Appeal. And details of that are on the web page. And I think these are all the, the announcements. We have our call to worship. We meet in the name of God, the Holy Trinity of love, who knows our needs, hears our cries, feels our pain, and heals our wounds. God is our light and our salvation. May our hearts ever be open to you, O God, now and always. Our first hymn is the hymn 192, All My Hope on God is Founded. Thanks to Heather and Gordon. And I, I should say that in church we are now able to sing, though behind our masks. We have our prayers of adoration and confession. Let us pray. Living God, from you comes vitality and love and joy. Your peace is our companion. Your love is our strength. Your son is our hope. In even our darkest moments, 
Your presence brings us comfort. Hidden deep in the soil of your life, your spirit nurtures tiny seeds of purpose and potential to surprise us with new life. Like the earth beginning to bloom all around us, so your kingdom unfolds to surprise us with new possibilities. And so we bring our prayers to you and we adore you. We also confess before you that we have not always followed your guidance. We've not always listened to what Jesus told us. We do not use the gifts from the Spirit. We leave our gifts unopened, unexplored, unused because of selfishness and fear. When our thoughts are muddled, help us find the still small voice that is yours that we may better listen and act. Help us to face our fears so that we can fully utilize the gifts that you have bestowed on us, that we might become fully the people you've called us to be. Enable us to unpack the gifts so that they and we can benefit the whole of humanity and creation. Forgive us, O Lord, and help us to be more open to you and one another. And the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and full of love. God forgives all who humbly repent and trust in God's Son as Savior and Lord. God has forgiven us and we are one in Christ. And now we join together in our family prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We read from 1 Samuel chapter 16 and from verse number 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I'll send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of this, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what, I, what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I named to you. And Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to him trembling and said, Do you come in peace? And he said, Yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said, Do not look in his appearance 
or in the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. And then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. Amen. And then the Gospel, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, and reading from verse 26. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day. And the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, and then the head, and then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. Amen. And the Lord bless to us these readings from his holy word. All praise be to God's name. And we're going to listen to the hymn 535, Who Would True Valor See?
and we have our weekly prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we ask you to lead us into the coming week. Help us to believe that you are close by us and keep us from making mistakes. May we never disappoint you. May the seeds that you are able to plant in our churches each week grow into the branches that reach out into every part of our community. Amen. The Galilee Consultant Agency had a thriving business in first century Capernaum. They could help you find a market for your fish or olives in Rome. They could find a position for your son in the temple establishment in Jerusalem or even in the, the new tent-making course that the Romans had just introduced. But then a young rabbi came to them, asking them to assess his leadership team and see who had the potential to take over when the time came for him to step aside. But when the report came back, it made depressing reading. Matthew, for example, had been a tax collector, collaborating with the Romans, and so was unlikely to be popular among the locals. As for Thomas, he couldn't stop asking questions, and he even expressed doubts over the vision of the enterprise. James and John were overambitious, they were reliant on their mother, they were not team players. Well, Andrew was a good middleman, but deferred to his brother too much. There was Mary Magdalene, but she had too much history. And as a woman, she would not be a popular choice to help head the project. And Simon Peter was just too impulsive too ready to rush headlong into projects without critical analysis, without thinking first. But there was one name that the Galilee Consultancy Agency would recommend, and that was Judas Iscariot. He had contacts in high places, had good financial acumen, and was able to plan ahead. In their view, he would make an ideal successor to the young rabbi. I think Jesus would have simply filed this away and forgot all about it. It's interesting who Jesus chose to be his followers. He could have chosen others who are maybe more intelligent, have more experience, and yet he didn't. He chose the 12 disciples with all their flaws. And these people managed to turn the world upside down. God is certainly a God of surprises. We found that in the, the Old Testament. The Israelites had wanted a king and Saul had been chosen, but Saul had disappointed. And Samuel the prophet, with God doing the prodding, went behind his back to anoint someone else. He was playing a dangerous game, for his life would not be worth living if Saul found out. And so 
the sons of Jesse were paraded in front of him. And each time he thought, surely this time, this is the one. Tall, handsome, charismatic. The Galilee Consultancy Agency would snap them up in an instance. But to each of the sons, God said no. And there was still one son out in the fields, young and ruddy. Not the first choice by any means. And yet, this was the one that God chose. It was David. And he would go on to make such an impact that he would be the king by whom all other kings would be measured. To whom all others would be compared. Like the, the, the disciples, he was not without his flaws and he had major flaws. But even so, when this warrior, dancer, lover, Samus king fell short, God still provided for Israel. God chooses the unexpected. And in the gospel today, we read the parable of the mustard seed, the smallest seed of all. Looking at it, you would not expect too much at all. And yet... It grew into a bush, a sprawling bush, where birds would even make their nests in the shade. God makes use of the unlikely. In Cornwall this week, the G7 are meeting. They are not small. They are not to be compared to mustard seeds. They are not the least, the youngest. The G7 are big. The decisions that they will make will affect all the world. And yet, perhaps, they will make unexpected decisions. Maybe they will not look inwards at themselves and their own needs, but look outwards to the rest of the world. Maybe... They will work for greater global equality. Maybe they will ensure the COVID vaccine is made available for all the world. Maybe, just maybe, they will lay the groundwork for COP26 and tackle the effects of climate change in the global south. This is a critical, critical um, meeting the G7 have to make important decisions and we must remember them. But even so, all of us are involved in this. All of us are involved in seeking greater equality. All of us are involved in climate change and seeking to confront the effects of it by making small steps. For each of our small steps, makes up a bigger journey. God has a, a tendency to use the unlikely. He chose youngest sons like David or like Joseph or a Moabite migrant like Ruth. He chose Samaritans, an Ethiopian eunuch, all to fulfill God's purpose. Paul says that God takes the weak and the foolish and 
to shame the wise. And we are all part of that history too, for none of us is perfect. But we come as we are, and God can use us to build the kingdom. We have to be open to the Spirit's leading and be surprised by God. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're still in the season of Pentecost and we sing the hymn 615, Holy Spirit Ever Living. Let us pray. God of small seeds and secret growth, we bring our gifts to you, trusting that you will bless them. Use them as seeds of new life in our community and in your world. Grow results we cannot even imagine within us, among us, because of us, beyond us, for the sake of Christ our living Lord. God of the rich and the poor, of the powerful and the vulnerable, we pray for the leaders of the G7 meeting in Cornwall. Pray for the people they govern, for the people of other nations they can support, and for the world that they can protect through their decisions. 
May wisdom be planted, generosity grow, and cooperation flourish. We pray for our growth and resilience and awareness and togetherness across all the nations of the world as they continue to tackle the COVID pandemic, as they continue to confront environmental issues, and as they reach out to communities crippled by need and war and natural disaster. May integrity be planted and urgency grow and healing flourish. We pray for the church in this place and around the world as we seek to serve those around us, to reach out to those in trouble and to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. May faith be planted, compassion grow and hope flourish. And we bring before you the poor and the hungry and the neglected, both here in UK and around the world. Break the conscience of the privileged and the legislator so that they hear the cries and feel compelled to bring about new change. May faith be planted, compassion grow and hope flourish. And we hold before you, O God, those who are sick and those who are injured and those who are dying. We thank you for giving knowledge to doctors and nurses, medical staff and scientists, so that disease and illness can be tackled. And we hold before you those who mourn the loss of loved ones. And in a moment of silence, we bring the prayers of our own hearts. Lord, hear these and all our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And our closing hymn is a hymn 352, Over a Thousand Tongues to Sing.
and our benediction. Go in peace. Go with eyes of faith. Go with hearts full of compassion and love. Go with hands ready to help to lift up the broken. And may the blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer and sustainer, be with you now and always. Amen.